have a question about your home? Call Ken the Contractor. It's amazing how far water will travel once it enters someplace on the roof. It, it, it's always surprised me. It's rare that you find a leak exactly where a hole may be or where there's a bad shingle, for example. So my, my guess is if you continue to fight this and you know your basement is dry, uh, that you've got a, a, a problem elsewhere. It's either from a plumbing line or it's coming from that roof. And since you know you have some roof problems, I'd venture to say when you re-roof that house, you're going to find the source and you're going to eliminate this. Do you have a question about your home? Call Ken the Contractor. Welcome to another hour of Ken the Contractor. Ken Patterson is Ken the Contractor. He's here to take your calls. You can always reach Ken at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. You can also forward your questions to Ken through our website. That's KenTheContractor.com. Ken answers all the questions along with our mailbag editor, Aaron Yoder, forwarded to the website. And then we pull some of those out and bring them to the program each week. Again, our contact number is 800-614-2975. From time to time, we talk about everything from home appliances to shingles and how long these items last. And I've promised you for the last few shows that occasionally we're going to talk about some of these. And I want to bring to the air today a study that was done by the National Association of Home Builders. So this is not a local or a regional study, but what it's going to tell you, and I'm going to tell you in a moment why this is important, is typically how long products are lasting in and around our homes. Now, clearly, the life expectancies of these components depend on how often they are used. Some things that are used daily on a regular basis and used extensively are not going to last as long. If you're using a residential dishwasher and you're washing dishes three days, three times a day, seven days a week, folks, you're not going to get the life expectancy that, let's say, the average household does out of it. But something that we don't often think about, and that has to do with the relationship of the installation, the quality of the installation, and how long products last and how well they happen to perform. Also, those of you listening to us are in different weather climates, so weather conditions, the climate conditions overall will also have some effect on that. And lastly, big item, really big, make note of this, the maintenance that we give to products. An awful lot of us out there, and I'm guilty of this occasionally, we just work a product because it works, and when it quits, you say that's the end of it. But if you're looking to preserve and protect the dollars, that you invested in that, a little bit of maintenance goes a long way, not unlike changing the oil from time to time in your car. If you don't do that, it'll work until it quits, and then you're going to put a new engine in it. So when we look at some of these products, what you need to understand is that there are millions of people nationwide that have the same type of issues that you do. And why is it important to understand how long they last? One, it may have something to do with how much money you're willing to spend on the front side. How important is a dishwasher with more bells and whistles, a washer, a dryer, a refrigerator with ice maker or water in the door versus one that doesn't have that? And if the product for you will last generally the same length of time that it does for most people across this country, you may also say on the front side, look, I was willing to spend $900, but I'm not going to spend 950 The next time I buy a refrigerator, I'll get that particular feature. When you look at the life expectancy of some of these and you're seeing 10, 15, 20, 30 years on some things, you might decide now is the better time to spend that extra $50 and really get the feature that you want. I have to give you a quick example because the first washer and dryer my wife and I bought many, many decades ago simply would not die. I maintained it, put a belt on occasionally, did a few other odds and ends. But at the end of the 20-year cycle, 
it finally, one of the elements died in it, and it was so old we couldn't get the part. So she was thrilled because she got a new washer and dryer. Now, that was a very, very basic washer and dryer system. The next one she got had a few more buttons, bells, and whistles, realizing that you don't buy a washer and dryer every day. So that's something I want you to think about. But at the same time, if you are washing dishes three times a day in a dishwasher, you may decide that something pretty basic works because you know it has to do with your lifestyle. You feed an awful lot of people at the house. you got the Cub Scouts and Girl Scouts over constantly, and you're saying, I'm going to go through this dishwasher in two years anyway. Why should I go out and spend five times the amount of money for this one to do the same thing when I'm still going to replace it in two years? So I want you to think about all of those items when you're in a position to start making some purchases. Also, if you're in the marketplace and you are buying a home, I want to give you some statistical data that talks a little bit, addresses the age of some of the homes across this country. And it's important that you go back, not only with your home inspector, but that you look at the age of the appliances that are there. And this is, comes from a survey in 2005 from the U.S. Census Bureau, shows that there were 124 million homes in the housing stock, that's housing nationwide, with a median age of 32 years. 124 million homes with a median age of 32 years. And about one-third of those houses were built in 1960 or earlier, and about 10% built in the 1960s and another 20% built in the 70s. Of the remainder, 13% was built in the 80s and 13% built 90s, and beyond that, 8%. So unless you're buying a home that's 10 or 15 years old, chances are pretty good that you have a lot of these older products, which may involve roof shingles, decking materials, everything from the siding that's on the house to the cabinets that are in the kitchen. Now, just in summary, and we're going to talk later as we go through other show segments, some specifics about these, but the life expectancy of a typical appliance, as I said, depends largely on how it's used and some of the other factors that I mentioned. Moreover, you know, appliances are often replaced by many of us today, like our computers and our TV sets, because we're just tired of them. A lot of us don't use them until we reach their useful life, and that that's 10 years beyond when we get rid of them. Hopefully somebody else can enjoy that as well. Of the major appliances in a home, this might surprise some of you. I just pulled a few items out here to talk about, but gas ranges have the longest life expectancy. In a gas range, 15 years would be normal. Dryers and refrigerators last about 13 years. Well, I'm here to tell you that I was beyond the norm because, as I said a moment ago, my wife and I got 20 years out of a washer and dryer, and she really wanted to kill it years before that in order to do something else, but it just wouldn't die on us. Some of the appliances with the shortest lifespan, and this should be no surprise when you think about the moving parts in it, would be trash compactors. Now, trash compactors are not extremely popular today, and they they were up until probably 12 or so years ago. And today, uh, that's just not something that many of us think about in terms of our interior uh, design in our kitchens these days. We don't see a lot of them in new construction. Dishwashers, we talked about that a moment ago. You might anticipate somewhere around nine years. Microwave ovens, this is where I fall short. I made, made good on the washer and dryer. Microwave ovens, nine years. I've had microwave ovens go bad in a couple of years. I've had the first one I ever bought lasted 22 to 25 years. I don't remember. So... That's not to say that these averages are not going to hold true for all of you, but what I want you to be aware of, again, is look at the product, how you use it, how much money you're willing to invest. If it's something that performs well, that has a long-term life expectancy, maybe you want to spend a few extra dollars and get those features on the front side. If it's something that has a pretty poor 
history of lasting, like to say microwave ovens, you go through them, you got kids that uh, abuse them, throw pots and pans and silverware inside them. Maybe you want to spend less money knowing that you're going to replace it on a pretty regular basis. And if you're buying a home, an existing home out there, always examine the age of the appliances, the air conditioning, ask about the age of the shingles, the siding, many other things can save you some big dollars down the road. And always keep the paperwork. Always keep the paperwork, and when you're buying replacement items, put a date on them and save those receipts. Well, and also the warranty. I had a piece of furniture where they warrantied the internal elements for it. Twelve years later, because I had my paperwork, they replaced the guts of the recliner. Works fine. I think it ended up costing me 50 bucks to have them pick it up and bring it back home. Some long-term warranties will be 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Without it, not worth much. Ken Patterson is Ken the Contractor. We'll take a quick break and come right back. Phone lines are open. Ken's here to take your calls. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Welcome back. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Ken Patterson is Ken the Contractor. You can reach him at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. You can leave also voicemail and email questions at Ken's website, which is KenTheContractor.com. We've got another mailbag question. Yeah, we can't come close to getting all the mailbag questions on the air, but uh, I'd like to get those that I think are common to many of you or those that are unusual. This is one that falls in the unusual category. And Larry writes a very simple question. He says, what is the correct way to install a big commercial kitchen range hood? He said, I got one cheap on eBay, and now I'm wondering what I've gotten myself into. This is the kind of question that many of us have probably raised in our house saying, this was a real bargain? Now what do I do? And Larry, in your particular case, I want to give you some very simple pointers on this that if you turn on this large commercial hood, if you can hang it, you've got a structure to support it in the first place, you're going to find that it's going to suck everything out of the house that you have in there, probably including your furniture. These hoods are designed to draw an enormous amount of air based on the BTUs, the heat surface that they are covering, but they are also designed for air intake. So if they're pulling out 3,000 cubic feet of air per minute, they also are bringing in 3,000 or maybe in some cases a little bit more of cubic air per minute because in restaurants you want to design and develop a positive pressure. You do not want um, uh, a negative pressure. And in your case, if you turn this on without having the air intake on it, as I said, it will probably move furniture across the room in some places. But at the very least, what's going to happen is during a driving rain or cold weather or extremely hot weather, Every nook and cranny, crack and opening in your house, it's going to be sucking in moisture and it's going to be sucking in hot and cold air in the wrong seasons. So the bottom line is, my suggestion is you might have a bargain, but you want to hire a professional commercial hood contractor if you want to use this. You may do the work yourself. They may advise you, but you want to have these elements properly installed. You want to be sure the structure can support it. You want to be sure the wiring can support it. You also want to be sure that you have not only the proper exhaust duct size, but you have the proper air makeup coming back in here. Do yourself a favor. may not be the bargain you think, but it could work out well with a little professional help. Let's go to the phones at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. And it's Donna who joins us right now. Hi, Donna. You're on the air with Ken the Contractor. Hi. Thank you very much for taking my call. Thanks for listening. I have a question, Ken. I built a house in 1994, and I have a brick fireplace. And I guess the water is getting in behind the brick at the top of the fireplace, and uh, it's freezing, and then when it's falling, the faces are popping off of the brick. But it's not just a few now. It's, It's quite a few. 
And I was just wondering what would be my options to take care of that. Is this, we're talking the face brick on the interior or we're talking the chimney brick on the exterior of the home? The chimney brick on the exterior. Okay. Well, first you I, want... First, you want to resolve the water problem, and chances are pretty good the water's coming in either around a contact point with a house where there may be a flashing penetration in a mortar joint or the brick itself, or it may be, and most likely, it's coming in from around the parging that's on the top of the chimney. Do you have a cap that covers the entire chimney or just the flue or nothing at all? Yes, sir. I just had a stainless steel cap and put that on this week. Okay, but so, that made. all right. So you've just done that. You've taken some steps. Does this cover just the flue, or does it co- go out to out and cover encompass the brick itself, face of brick to face of brick? It covers the whole out all the way out to the edge of the brick. Yes, okay, sir. You, you've done yourself a big favor there because most chimneys do not have any type of a cover. At best, they may have a spark arrestor or something that's on the flue itself, and it may keep birds. Um, and other critters from getting down inside there. But it doesn't prevent that moisture. And over time, the parging that's on top for you, your benefit, and everybody else's will crack. It will separate. And in these heavy rains, moisture gets inside the brick. It'll get behind the brick, and it will gradually bleed through. But as you said, it freezes. As the water expands, then it pops off the face of the brick or the mortar joint. Now, the brick itself can be replaced. The issue will be how well it looks and how close the mason can come to matching that brick. Do you have any around the house that may have been thrown in planters when the house was built or extra brick? No, sir, I don't. And it's that standard-looking red brick-like, but I know there's different colors of well, but, brick, so. but but that's good because your keyword there was standard looking. A common red brick has been made for generations and for decades, and it's still common and still made in the marketplace. A lot of the the lighter, the beige colors, they come and go, and they're difficult to replicate. You need to contact a mason, and there are masonry contractors that specialize in fireplace repair and home repairs as opposed to one that's out there laying new brick on office buildings or or your home. So contact a masonry contractor that specializes, and I would recommend, again, in fireplace chimney repairs. They will be able to match that brick pretty close. The mortar joint's going to look a little different, even if they're using the same color mortar out of the same bag. You have many years of just air pollution and dirt that's collected in the mortar. But that will also, the color will blend in over time. But they'll be able to cut out that brick or the number of bricks that you may have and replace it. And this is typically just a face brick. It's the cosmetic side of it you're seeing. There's not likely, unless this has gone on for from day one, any extensive damage behind that. But the mason would check that. They'll cut these brick out. They'll replace them. And while they're there, you want to have them look over the balance of the chimney and see if there are other mortar joints that need to be addressed, need to be repaired, and that's referred to as tuck pointing. So they would go through and cut out those mortar joints deeply enough that they could put mortar back in them and it would stay long term. That's also going to resolve an issue of water getting in just through the face. If it's not coming in just through the top, that's the second way that water gets in behind our brick. Okay. And and sometimes this is just a hairline crack. It doesn't mean that you could even see it from the ground. Typically, if you're getting large volume of water, you're going to be able to see a crack from the ground. You don't have to be up on the ladder. And it doesn't mean, I don't want to alarm people, that it's a structural defect. Uh, sometimes this just happens over time, expansion and contraction. And again, as you get more water behind it and it can expand when it freezes, it will tend to create some of these cracks. It's a little bit like a road pothole. The bigger it gets, the bigger it gets because more water gets under the pavement and continues to separate and create problems. That's what's happening with the chimneys. But as long as it's not falling over 
chances are pretty good you have no structural issue, and you're, it, it, you know, it's good on your part to be addressing this as you are right now so you don't put huge dollars out a few years later. Yes, sir. I um, uh, enjoy my home, and I enjoy the fireplace, and, um, you know, we've replaced things over the years. We just put a new roof on this summer, and, you know, we're trying our best to take care of what we have. So, Well, if you'll treat your home like you're doing, if you'll treat it like most people treat their car, and that's put normal maintenance in it as the time occurs, it's going to perform and last for you a long, long time, and you're going to enjoy it. But if you wait until all these pile up, you're just going to see a massive amount of debt you've, you've got to incur. And in the meantime, you haven't enjoyed anything. That's true, and that just makes you frustrated, doesn't it? It, it does. So I commend you for what you're doing. You set a great example for others and just keep doing it. But but hire you a masonry contractor that specializes in fireplace repairs, and you'll, you'll be in good shape. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking my call. Thank you for the call, and thanks for listening. Thank now, you. Thank Bye-bye. you very much. We appreciate it. Phone lines are open if you'd like to join us. The number to dial wherever you're listening to us is 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. And also, please remember, you can reach Ken Patterson through his website. That's kenthecontractor.com. You can post, you can post email questions there, and also uh, you can leave off uh, voice questions through our contact number, 800-614-2975. And also... You can friend us on Facebook at Ken the Contractor and follow us on Twitter at Ken Answers. When another Ken bangs out the answer to another question, it pops up on those two very popular forms of social media. Again, friend us on Facebook at Ken the Contractor and follow us on Twitter at Ken Answers. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Welcome back. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Along with Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor, I'm Jim Britt, and every weekend we're here answering the questions that are important to today's homeowner. You can always reach Ken at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Or you can email questions to our website. That's KenTheContractor.com. Time now for this week's edition of One-on-One with Ken the Contractor. Each week, Ken brings you information about products and services from companies and experts he interviews during his travels. All to make your life better, provide options, and most importantly, to save you money. Joining me now is Toby Boswick. Toby is Director of Product Management for TimberTech. Toby, welcome to the show today. Thanks, Ken. I appreciate it. Glad you could be here. Now, TimberTech is not an uncommon name. I think many people across the country recognize the name. They have products in and around their house that have been manufactured there. But talk to us about one of the things that I know you're, you have revealed this year that's fairly new that you want folks to know about. And that has to do with getting rid of some of these unsightly fasteners in their decks. I know you're very proud of that. Yeah, absolutely. The goal for 2013, we want to make sure that we're giving a fastener-free surface. So if you're a homeowner, you have small kids, and you're looking at the deck, we, we don't want to see the screw heads. Um, so when you're walking across the deck, we don't want you to feel them underneath your feet as well. So the major focus this year is incorporating that across the deck. So whether it's in the field of the deck, the infill, or on the stairs, we've had uh, two different programs now launched this year. The Conceal Lock program, which we'd had, is a hidden fastener that's used on our Groove product. And then the Cortex program, which is a new agreement with Fasten Master, which really sets off the deck for your trim boards and your stairs 
giving you that fastener-free surface. When you are looking at a concealed fastener, how do folks start thinking about this? Where do they go? Because you're talking about a complete system. You're talking about deck boards. You're talking about fasteners. You, there's partnership here. Do they have to go two separate locations for this? How do they go about having a deck with completely concealed fasteners? I think that's probably the key point of being all provided through TimberTech. We wanted to give a solution. So when the homeowner is looking for a decking product, a railing product, or a fastening product, we wanted them to be able to look at one company at TimberTech and have all the solutions. So when they go and buy our product, they can look at a solid profile board or a groove board, and if they want and desire to have a fastener-free surface, it is all TimberTech products that they can purchase and make that happen. So they have options not only in colors today and textures that you've had for some time, but also in whether they want to do something that's just a little unique in the industry, and that is have no fasteners exposed. That's that's correct. As you know, this is becoming a, a design and a fashion industry, so it's no longer just your regular 2x4 and a, a ring shank nail. It's becoming designs, streaked patterns, but also finishes, so a homeowner can make theirs different than their neighbor next door. And that's because we are bringing the inside out and the outside in. We're opening walls, we're living on our decks, we're entertaining the outside areas where we did not in the past we we recognize that we paid for that space and so we're going to use it to the best of our ability as far as our lifestyle is concerned and if what functions for us now one of the things that i find interesting about this and this to me speaks very well about the concealed fastener and about timber tech and the products that you manufacture is that you have been chosen to replace the new jersey boardwalk your product uh, you know after sandy hit the new jersey shore and, and up and down the east coast there was a lot of devastation so rebuilding has started to take place. And with the TimberTech product, actually our Dockcider product, gives it a tremendous amount of strength. So it's spanning 24 inches on center. And looking at that product from the perspective of a green message, but also a strength, and for the long-term durability, TimberTech has been selected to do one of the major boardwalks in, in the New Jersey. I think that'll be quite an accomplishment. And again, the fact that you're recognized with such a high-quality product, something that will withstand the test of time for decades to come, they're looking at timber tech. A technology is in everything we do, and while it, there may not be a chip yet in the deck materials, computers play an important part in how we select products. You have a new straight talk feature on your website. Tell us what that is. The whole idea behind straight talk was trying to really reach the consumer and answer the direct questions that you don't often get by just looking at a regular website that has all the features and benefits of your product. What we wanted them to do is be able to have an interactive opportunity so they can go on straight talk site and actually post questions that TimberTech then will go in and either get with a dealer or a distributor or a local contractor and get them the exact answers that they're looking for, whether it be price, color, product-specific questions. Now we have a site and a hub for consumers to ask the questions they truly want answered. And they're getting that from your in-house experts, so they don't have to be concerned about someone trying to sell them something that they may not need. You're there simply to provide the technical answers, offer suggestions and ideas, and from there, they deal with the design and the build and network. Is that That's correct? That's correct. Long-term durability and low maintenance is the focus. So when homeowners are making these purchases, they want to know what they're getting. They want to know the technology behind it. They want to know the long-term capability that these products have 
So they have very specific questions that we feel an obligation as the manufacturer to give them the answers that they're looking for. You also have some new colors that are being introduced this year, Earthwood Evolutions Terrain. That's correct. The terrain collection, we're very excited about the terrain collection. This is an opportunity for TimberTech to really hit a segment of the market that is growing, and that's on the economy cap side. And the, and the cap composite has been a new trend over the last few years, and now we've been able to take that into a segment that offers a, a different profile that gives the ability to hit an economy price segment and really continue to grow this market for alternative decking and railing. We're talking to Toby Bostwick, Director of Product Management for TimberTech. Toby, you also have uh, the Evolutions Rail. Now, rail has become a big part of decks. There was a time when we only looked at the deck board and you had your basic pressure-treated rail material. You have some new and innovative products to help capture every aspect of the deck. Tell us a little bit about the Evolutions Rail. That's correct. Evolutions Rail is one of the first cap composite rail systems on the market, and we're very excited because it brings a design element that has been lacking in the category. And what we're able to do with the contemporary rail, the sleek design of that top rail really gives the opportunity for a homeowner, if they're on the deck, a place to set their drink, a place to set their plate. It's got your flat top rail, but the finishes and the infill options are really what sets it off. It has three different infill options with your metal balusters, or you can use cable rail or your traditional composite balusters and really design the deck and the rail to your likings. And that's what's really moving the outdoor living category right now. So you offer a great deal of flexibility, a lot of design options. You're providing professional help through your website for people that really want to just get into the nitty-gritty of it and get something that involves answers that involve no sales pitches, just the facts. Where do folks go if they want to find out more about TimberTech and the products we've talked about today? www.timbertech.com. Get all the information they need. It will also link you to the Straight Talk site that you had just talked about and uh, give you all the answers that you're looking for. Toby Bostwick, our guest today, Director of Product Management for TimberTech. Thank you for joining us today. Appreciate it. Thank you. And one of the cool elements of that TimberTech website uh, that Ken was talking about, and that's T-I-M-B-E-R. T-E-C-H is that they give you a couple different options. One, a photo gallery that allows you to take a look at a lot of different ways you can design a deck, but they also give you an online option to design your own deck online. That's all at the TimberTech website, and as we mentioned again, that's T-I-M-B-E-R-T-E-C-H, TimberTech. Com. That's this week's edition of One-on-One with Ken the Contractor. Each week, Ken brings you information about products and services from companies and experts that he interviews during his travels, all to make your life better, provide options, and, of course, to save you money. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. I'm Jim Britt, along with Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor. If you have a question for Ken, you can always reach Ken at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. And don't forget, you can friend us on Facebook. At Ken the Contractor, and also follow us on Twitter at Ken Answers. And if you want to email questions to Ken, you can do that through our website. That's KenTheContractor.com. Again, our contact number 800-614-2975. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Welcome back. Ken Patterson is Ken the Contractor. Phone lines are open. 800-614-2975 is the contact number, 800-614-2975. Or you can post your questions to Ken's website, kenthecontractor.com. All right. I'm just going to read the line that's here. Okay? This comes to us uh, from James in Virginia. Apparently, James has a problem. High wind affects the water level in his toilet. 
And that probably isn't one you've thought about very often, is it? No, it's uh, not one of the issues I've dealt with in that. But I promise you, when I answer this question, when I read James's question, every time there are high winds in or around your home, you're going to pay attention to it. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I don't think so. All right, hang on to your hat, and for some of you, you may need a seatbelt as well. Okay. All right, here's the question from James. He says, when there's a strong wind outside, the water in the commode bowl goes down, sometimes to a quarter what is normally in the bowl. This happens in both bathrooms. What is this, and is it a bad thing? Also, you can hear the kitchen stove vent. This is a more common issue for most of you, the kitchen stove vent banging at times in these winds. Well, I can understand that. Okay. Do either of these things, uh, are they harmful? And if so, what can I do to fix them? And he says this house is only about five years old, so this is not a 100-year-old home right. for some of you that might be thinking that. So let's deal with the second one first because you probably got the answer to that one. Even in terms of the the, the uh, noise in the kitchen vent, you may hear this, many of you, oh, yeah. in, in bathroom exhaust fans. Especially in newer homes, you've got a backdraft damper that's built into those. That's a code requirement. In older homes, you're just getting cold air blowing back inside through the vent. But in newer homes, your kitchen exhaust and your bath have backdraft dampers, and it's the wind pulling on it and then blowing back through the pipe and closing it. That's what you hear. It may wake you up at night. So that one's short and simple, and James, that is not an issue. That's going to be normal. The backdraft damper's doing what it's supposed to do, so that's a good thing. Now let's talk about the one that many of you may have noticed and been afraid to ask, and James is good enough to come to the table and send this question into us, and that has to do with the water level in the toilet or commode bowl itself changing with these very high winds. Now, we're, we're not talking about winds that are three, four, five miles an hour, but you get into some of these storms, or if you happen to live on mountaintops or just high windy areas where you may have 30, 40 mile an hour winds whipping over and around your house. What's happening in this situation is it's actually pulling a vacuum on the vent stacks. Now, your vent stacks are designed to allow air to move into the water lines so that it can flow freely and it doesn't have a, a water or an air lock. Without that, your plumbing's not going to function properly. The vent stacks are tied back into the waistlines of your tub, your sinks, your lavatories, uh, the commodes. So when these high winds move across the top of this, what it's doing is creating a suction, almost as, as if you had put a vacuum cleaner on the vent stack and it is trying to pull the water out of the system. Now, the trap that's in place under the commode and lavatories, and you see them under lavatories, the trap in the bottom is designed to hold water. So it says with this high velocity of wind, it's creating a vacuum, it's pulling that water up into the line, and as a result, the water level goes down in the toilet or the commode because there is a trap built into the bottom of that, and that's what you're seeing. That's why it would be consistent. You would see that in all of these fixtures. But for most of you, you're not going to see this unless you have some extremely high winds. And just water tells a lot of stories in these toilet bowls. It sounds strange, but if you've been in high-rise buildings and you've ever paid any attention to it, you can tell on a windy day how much that building is swaying. And the taller the structure, I use the old Sears Tower by name. I forget the current name. But the Sears Tower, that moves about six inches plus or minus in any direction. And you watch the water in the toilet bowls, it'll make you seasick. I'll tell you, I've, I've been to... Uh uh, what's the one at Frisco, top of the mark? And uh, it is amazing when you look down and you can see, you know, the building actually 
moving. They're designed to sway and move in the wind because if they don't move, they snap and they break. They're brittle. They're <laughs> don't want that. They are engineered to move, <laughs> but don't. the toilet bowl tells you how much movement you've got. Let me ask you a question because I uh, had uh, uh, my grandparents in Connecticut lived up on top of a hill and had some vicious winds. But, I mean, their house was built in 1950-something. Would it be less likely in an older home than it would be in a newer home? Because I never remember experiencing there. And I can remember there were times I literally thought that house was going to be blown off the top of that hill. It can be. It also will have something to do with how many vents are installed, whether plumbing is revented under more modern codes. You have fewer vents in a house than homes that were built, let's say, 40 years ago. Now you can revent where you might have had a vent per plumbing fixture years ago. Not as apt to see this throughout the house. Today you may only have two vents in an entire home, and they can do what's called reventing, where they tie vents together or plumbing fixtures into a common vent up in the attic space so or in a wall area. And that may have something to do with it. He said the house is five years old, and surely it's using a lot of reventing. Fewer vents, more opportunity for this vacuum to be created. All right. Well, let's sneak in one final question, and this is another voicemail question that comes from Ken's website. Again, you can call your questions at any time at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. And this question comes to us from Lynn. He's got a problem with some masonry issues. Calling about the masonry wall where the brown coat's on and it's coated with the sand coat paint and the block cracks are coming through the sand coat paint. And I'd like to know if there's a sealer I can put on there to paint it again over it to seal them up. Thank you. Lynn, if this were my problem, I would be doing two things. And first, I'm going to, as I always do, have to make some quick assumptions. One, when you say brown coat, it sounds to me like there's a scratch coat over an existing concrete block foundation, whether it's a basement area or crawl spaces in material. But it's not uncommon with a thin coating, and that's what this normally is, is a fairly thin coating of mortar that is put over block. Some would refer to it as parging. And in time, hairline cracks will come through from the block work. Now, if the mortar joints are sound and it's simply the hairline joints, then you can skip, as the instructions would say, to step two. But let me start with step one. If you actually have mortar joints that are coming loose and this parged area or brown coat, as you refer to it, is spalding, you want to clean all loose material from that. And then you want to purchase a product. Several companies make it, but I'm going to say QuickCrete is one because it's a brand I'm very familiar with, and they're common all over the country. But QuickCrete makes a product called Mortar Repair. It's their number 8620. And the reason I refer to that by number specifically, it's not just a mortar repair that's a caulk, but it also has a sand or a texture to that. So if you are cleaning these crack joints and use the QuickCrete joint repair or mortar repair, it's going to give you a sand finish similar to what you have on the parged surface. Once that sets up and cures, and that's usually, read the instructions, but usually in 24 to 48 hours, this product can also be painted. And you said you want to repaint this area. It's elastic, so if you've got a little bit of movement, it may be something you'll never see, but just enough that it's allowing that parged area to crack, it will continue to move with that. And so it should perform quite well for you if you follow the instructions on prep. That's my solution. That's what I would be doing. Quick Crete, that's Q-U-I-K-R-E-T-E, mortar repair. And it's a textured product. It's their number 8620. So give it a shot. Be sure and follow the instructions on prep and apply it the right temperature. Again, the, most of these products aren't happy when you're down below about 40 degrees. 
Don't forget, if you do have a question for Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor, you can always reach Ken at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. And you can also forward your questions to our website. That's KenTheContractor.com. And while you're at KenTheContractor.com, you can check out some of the most frequently asked questions that Ken gets on the program each week. And also podcasts of recent programs all online at KenTheContractor.com. That'll wrap up this hour of Ken the Contractor. For Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor, I'm Jim Britt. You've been listening to Ken the Contractor. You've been listening to Ken the Contractor. Every weekend at this time, Ken the Contractor, Ken Patterson is here taking your calls. Don't forget, you can friend Ken on Facebook at Ken the Contractor and follow him on Twitter at Ken Answers. And if you're looking for home improvement information at any time, go to KenTheContractor.com. 